Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. I'm Jesper Dion. I'm Henry Larson. I am Francisco Segundolo. And you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. This is a podcast. We're going to be speaking about Iga Sviantek. Obviously, she's been successful winning yet another tournament. And this year has been the most incredible year for Iga. And let me put this into perspective. We are massive, massive Iga Sviantek fans before we get into all of the talking, which is about I wouldn't say it's even about her tennis. It's about the times when she's not hitting the ball that people are starting to get a bit disgruntled because we've had more than one occasion now where people are speaking out about eager, maybe with some possible hindrance on the court. And we're here to discuss it, aren't we, JG? Yeah, exactly right. I think you've gone a little bit overboard with all of the background. Um, People are definitely sure and know exactly what we're going to be talking talking about. And that is Iga Savontek with the, the hands, some of the double bounces as well. We're going to go into what is classified as a hindrance. Is what she's doing against the rules? Is she taking things too far? Is it just within the rules and she's just using um, uh, just a, a sporting advantage in order to help her win? We're going to go into as much as we can. Shout out to everyone who's joined us in the live chat. We've got Talking Tennis in, one of the goats of YouTube. He's saying hi from Morocco. John Silk down in Morocco at the moment. Hopefully he's well and having a great time. We've got Freya in. How are we doing, Freya? And Sean Power saying the number one is cheating her way to the top. So let's get into it. And the best place to start is with... Eager's tweet herself, and this is what she said after winning San Diego. She said, this is the best prize trophy ever. Thank you, San Diego, for an amazing, uh, in brackets, cloudy, 
week <laughs> and this unique vibe. I love it here. Congrats to Donna Vekic for your amazing run and sorry for waving my hands at the net. And I'm glad she didn't use one of the photos of her waving her hands. But don't worry, we've got about 100 behind us anyway <laughs> to make up for it. Hooray. Number one, the prize is extremely cool. I do like what San Diego have done. Eager was great all week. Um, she wasn't at her very best, like when she was winning continuously at the start of the year in the 37 match winning streak. She's shown a lot of frailties in this tournament. But what she does is have that champion instinct to know when the moment is to break and to secure uh, a, a nice, comfortable lead in, in a set. And that's what she always does. I mean, there's been times in the second set where she's really fallen off or she's lost the first set and she had to come back. It's not as dominant. We're not seeing the bagels, the breadsticks, the bakery seems closed. But yet, Eager's finding a way to win regardless of all of that. But is she doing it through cheating? Let's be honest. Is she doing it through cheating, Ben? Well, it's a very, very good question because it's something each time uh, we've been covering her on the podcast and on the live watch alongs. Um, when I've when I've seen it happen, I've instantly called it as that, and I've just thought, like, what? Well, surely that's not allowed. Like, I'm, I'm. She, there's part of me that feels like she's doing it, like she does it in training or something to put a like training partner off when she's in training and she's carrying this into a match situation or something like that. It's it's almost like if we were playing on the court and you were to come to the net, I might try and put you off by trying to, but we're not in a professional tennis situation. Whereas things get taken very seriously on the tennis court as they should. Obviously there's a lot of money uh, at stake. There's ranking points. There's all sorts at stake on that tennis court and it should be played in the fairest manner uh, whether or not these things that she's doing are even affecting her opponent or not, I'm not sure that they even are. But the, still that you're doing something in a way to try and influence your opponent's shot in some sort of way. And I think that's where the sticky point is here. Well, let's break it down because there's loads of different incidents we can go through. Yeah, I'm going to start with the double bounces. So there's been a lot of times this year when the ball's double bounced, I know we looked at one against Pegula yeah. at Roland Garros. There was one, um, Tomjanovic at this last uh, the yes. event, the Eagle event, the Eagle Open. Mm. And there's a few other instances as well where the, the ball's double bounced. She's not owned up to it. My stance on this is I don't blame her at all. I'm interested to see if you agree or, or you disagree with this. I don't think that is a problem. I don't think that's, that's not... unsportsmanlike either. It's not her because that is up to the umpire to Correct. call it. I think that is purely up to the umpire, and I have zero blame on Eager. I don't think any tennis player should have to put their hands up and say the ball double bounce. Fair play if you do. Great sportsmanlike conduct. You can give them a clap. The crowd can give them a cheer. The player can say thank you. That's very kind of you. But I don't think that is essential. We've seen it, haven't we? We've seen it in certain matches where players just even give the other the opponent the point when there's some sort of contentious decision you didn't know whether it was up or not up and then sometimes they just say you can have the point and it's like one of those nice sportsman like things that we see or not just that if you know so say in your heart of hearts you know the ball's double bounce do you own up to it um if you're playing and you're calling the the shots yes 
But if you're not calling the shots, we talk, we're talking about professional tennis. Yeah, then. if it's professional, it's well, like this is what saying, we're talking about. We're talking about what, professional tennis. I'm not talking about you up the park with John what, Silk. I'm talking well, about that's professional what I mean. tennis. Let's 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 turn the tables for a second and let's just say the ball goes over the goal line and the goalkeeper uh, caught the ball and walked back over the line with it. Does he say, "Oh, sorry, I went over the line with it"? Ever? No. I've never seen a goalkeeper ever admit to carrying the ball over his own goal line. He would always say, I kept it there. And that's how it that's how it is. And unless the technology tells them otherwise. This is why they have technology in sport these days to catch these things, because human error is a thing and you can't trust. And this is why I'm all against line judges. I don't think there's any point of line judges anymore. I feel that they just another uh place where you can have errors that affect people's earning capacity in tennis and it can affect big moments in sport and that's the only thing that i think has ruined football as well it you can have it for the big moments but now it's ruining loads of moments in football it's not just confirming big moments it's ruining like a lot of the match so there's just certain things it, like i think tennis is the perfect sport where it can actually work really well i don't think that there's any We've seen tournaments where they've played with just technology. It works perfectly. And there's not been any sort of contentious decisions and everybody got on fine with it. We had it at Grand Slams. So I don't understand it, why we're still uh, playing around with uh, human error in sport. Mm, I don't know. I can't really get on board with that fully. I understand technology is a lot more effective than a human being, but I like having the line judges there. I wouldn't want to scrap them completely. On the subject of the double bouncing, we're in agreement then that yep. that is up to the umpire. That for me is not a, obviously a hindrance. It's not unsportsmanlike. You could argue it is a little bit. It is a bit unsportsmanlike, but it, I don't really see. I don't think it's up to a player to decipher whether or not they've it's double bounced or not, because ultimately they're doing their best to try and get the ball over. That's up to the umpire to, to decide that. So let's let move put, on from that. Let quickly. me put this one to you then. Just like just in a tennis scenario, let's say a player when they're serving, they accidentally step over the line and they foot fault. Would they call that themselves as well? No, it's exactly, exactly. the same. You wouldn't call that I mean, either. So, exactly. so let's, let's move on from that one. So the next one I want to discuss is the shoelaces. Ooh. And this has not been spoken about online. In fact, no, I've not I'm seen shocked. any tweets about it. <laughs> but me and Ben, we, of course, have been covering all of Eager's matches for the last few years. She is the best player on the women's tours. What Someone who is really interesting to watch. Most There's definitely. plenty of times where she'll do up her laces in the middle of her opponent's service game or on her service game where she's under pressure. You could also tie into the fact that the, the, sometimes she'll do a ball toss to reset the clock on a yep. break point or situations like that. Would you say that's cheating? I'd say that's using the rules to benefit you. I think that's all it is. It's just bending the rules. Is it cheating? I don't, think, I don't think it's cheating. I think you're, it's like saying if there's like a loophole that you can, that's within the rules, why can't you use it? Everyone's entitled to use it then. If everybody wanted to wait till one second left on the shot clock and throw the ball up and then the clock stops, everyone can do that. So it's not, if everyone wants to change their shoe or do a shoelace, mid well in between points they have the right to do that as well it's just we don't see anybody else doing it and that's why it gets more highlighted when certain players do it. i've also noticed that she tends to 
be going to the towel and like halting the opponent's serve by holding her racket up quite a lot as well. This is another thing which uh, I've been... <laughs> there's a, there's a, quite a few things which uh, I, other players I don't see them doing. They, they tend to be in position, ready for the person who's serving. The person who's serving dictates the pace of the service game, not the receiver. So she seems to have found, have found a slight loophole and a slight way of bending the rules just to benefit her. But uh, but you wouldn't classify that as a hindrance not, at all? It's not cheating, no. I don't think so. It's up to the umpire to then discipline the players if they think it's uh, a hindrance themselves. If there's no complaint from the opponent, then I don't think it's a hindrance. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Uh, it tarnishes her beautiful game because yeah. I think it's important to speak about that. She doesn't need to do any of this. No. She, she actually, she really doesn't. There's players who I feel like if they did it, it would help them a little bit. It's not eager. She, 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 she can win all these titles without having to go down to these low tactics. And I would say she's teetering on the, on the level of very unsportsmanlike conduct at times on the court. I feel she sometimes, there's a fine line between doing all you can to win and then just being a bit immoral and cheating and I'm being unsportsmanlike. And I think she's mm. crossed that line many times. Um, but despite saying all of that, I do feel like she's a little bit overly criticised, especially recently since this last San Diego final, because there's another thing she does a lot. We're going to get onto the hand movement now, the big <laughs> one. But there's a lot of times where she does this, like moving of her body without putting her hands up. So yeah. she does like a little stutter step to try and put off her opponent. And people don't seem to like that either. Why? My attitude of that is that is just, I think that is totally fine. I don't see yeah, anything that's... wrong with that. In fact, you could even argue that's just her setting her body, getting ready for the next the next point. I don't think it is that, but it's not, <laughs> it's just not that bad. People, the people are, are are picking the wrong battle to fight. There's plenty of other things you can look at and target with Iga, but that's not one of them. I think just doing a little one-two, I don't know how to call it, a little stutter step is not the end of the world. And that, for me, is not a hindrance. That's not cheating. And that should be perfectly legal in the game of tennis. I think so as well. And the, the one thing I want to make clear on this one, and I was, there's still part of me, even though I know this is news, I was still a little bit, I don't know, a little bit worried about putting out something like this in content just because I don't think Eager has had anywhere near the amount of support that she should have received since being world number one and this this amazing year that she's been on if, if this was Serena Williams doing this year or if this was like one of the other like top players from the past doing this I think that this would be like one of the biggest stories in probably tennis history. Raducanu, if Raducanu was doing um, this, I mean, you'd exactly. have probably had a poster on your room. I already have. No, <laughs> no, no. But you know what I mean? This is yeah. that, That's what annoys me about this. When was the last time we saw someone with this amount of dominance in the tennis in general, I, I would say, and it's not been rewarded in any sort of way by any sort of, the only time I've seen it is in the Czech Republic. When she went there, I've never seen so much support for Eager, and I'm so happy. That's what it should be like everywhere she goes. I don't feel, I don't want to get on her back for small things like this because these can be corrected, and I don't want to give her a bad name because I don't think she deserves a bad name because she's the best women's tennis player by far. So I want to make that clear 
I'm not. We're not having a go at Eager here. No, we're just. I mean, I've got some stats to back up this. what you're saying. Actually, so year to date, 2022, 64 wins, eight losses, eight wow. final, uh, nine finals, eight wins, one loss, 37 matches, no, 37 match winning streak, which was 135 days, and 6,280 ranking point lead over number two. So, listen, ridiculous player. And I love this tweet from Flash Scores because she's got all of the eights. <laughs> all of the eights. The eight WTA titles. 88.88 win percent record. <laughs> That's a good and one. And of though. course, the uh, eight squared is what, Ben? 64? Correct. Good at maths. And there you okay. go. She's They've even managed to sneak in an eight there and eight losses, which is pretty mad. I mean, eight wins as well. Oh, no, they've got that, of course, eight titles at the beginning. I was just trying to find one what they haven't got. But they're all there. All the eights are there. Got the lot, haven't they? I mean, that's incredible. Eight, eight, eight. I mean, the magic eight ball, would it have predicted that at the beginning of the year? I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have done any good if you predicted her eighth in the rankings because she's certainly going to be number one and I think it's going to be difficult to topple her. Uh, but but let's get on to the big incident, Ben, of her yeah. waving her hand. And I want, so we spoke about the little stutter step. We spoke about the shoelace. We spoke about her stopping play with the towels and, and other things as well. Uh, racket changes and match point in between serves. What else am I missing here? It's got to be just the hand waving one. It's just the waving one. You can see it all in the background. You can see it above here. You see it on the thumbnail. Well, this okay, is... So what I want to get into this one, Ben, is that a hindrance? Maybe let's, let's look into what a hindrance is. Let's do it. Yeah, I've tried to pull up a couple of examples. Uh, I'm just going to read through them with you here. Uh, I've got one from uh, on a website and then one from official USTA. So let's just go through this one because it, it's, I don't know, it's laid out a little bit nicer here saying, what is the hindrance rule in tennis with examples? Uh, and it's talking about this here. So let's go down to this one. So what exactly is the hindrance rule in tennis? According to the ITF law book, a tennis player can claim hindrance if he, she is either hindered or obstructed in a deliberate way by the opponent or unintentionally by the opponent or someone or something else. So, and it's saying, when can the hindrance rule be invoked? And so there are multiple examples of the hindrance rule is invoked in tennis. Talking by singles players uh, isn't allowed and can uh, be cause for invoking in the hindrance rule. I know that we've seen this on many so Nick occasions. Nick Kyrgios basically hinders every single match. Yeah, exactly. The other ones during doubles play, players in the same team can talk to each other when the ball's heading towards them, but not when it's going towards their opponent. And doing so is another cause for the hindrance rule. Um, I don't know if you've got any others. I've not, I've not read this before, but that's the doubles one. Have you got anything with the singles? So what is not, a, what, this is a good one. When is it not a hindrance? A player is allowed to faint with a body and is also allowed to change positions at whatever time before or during a rally, but making sounds or waving arms or racket isn't allowed. So there we go. In a nutshell, her moving her body from side to side, that's totally legal. It is a fine tennis movement. When she starts waving a racket or waving her hands, that is when it becomes a hindrance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's simply not allowed to do it. What I want to call out as well is the umpires because it's not the first time she's done it. I remember against Heather Watson on the grass before Wimbledon. She did the same incident then. She did it against Davis at yep. the US Open. Um, probably a few others, which I can't remember, of course, most recently in the San Diego final. Yep. It's not the first time. It's not a mistake. 
This this is where, if you go back to our apology again, this is where I'm not sure, like, if you keep doing the same thing, an apology means absolutely nothing. You can't apologize for something and continuously do it. What's the point of apologizing? I agree. I mean, I don't think it's by accident. It's definitely, I feel, I'm trying to pick my words wisely. I feel that when Iga goes on the court, she, like you were saying earlier, she sort of does try and do everything within her power to win. I feel that she even turns into a different person when she goes onto the court. I don't think maybe the lovely Iga that we all know and love off of the court, who's the sweetest uh, person ever, that person doesn't exist when she's on the court. She's just do or die, everything for the cause. And sometimes it gets a little bit dirty. And sometimes she she's willing to break rules to even try and win. And I don't know if that's just... I don't think she even knows she's doing it. But I feel that her desire to win is that much. She's prepared to do stuff like this. But it just... doesn't make it right. And my no, question doesn't to make you is right. then, why is the umpire not giving her a hindrance for it well exactly well this, this is a good point as well because i feel the opponent should have a part to play in all hindrance uh calls as well that's my personal opinion because if you call a hindrance then the umpire will have to address a hindrance but if you don't call it then it's you're leaving it on the umpire like, oh did that really affect them no oh, maybe it didn't maybe they weren't even looking at the player maybe they're just looking mm. at the ball like if the person like Andy Murray, obviously he came out massively against Fanini and called a massive hindrance against him because Fanini went, oh, or something when he tried to volley the ball. Yeah, I remember that. And he was like, he said, was just telling him to shut up because he was like, this is hindrance. Like you literally just shouting when I was trying to put away a volley. Uh, you can't do that on a court. Obviously you can't. He was laughing about Fanini and saying, oh, come on, lighten up. But at the end of the day, if you did it when Fanini was hitting the ball, I bet you there would be no laughing going on there. I bet they'd be jump over the net, probably throw a racket at you or something. Don't know what reaction he would have. So, it's I mean, difficult. I don't know if I completely agree with you there because it shouldn't ever be down to a players to impose any kind of rules on any kind of sport. And I know you're not saying for them to impose it, but they should be focused on providing the best tennis and doing whatever they can with the tennis ball and their racket to win the match. And if they're going to be start thinking about, oh, is that a hindrance? That's not up to them. That's not really their decision. No. If you are an umpire, you need to be fully trained to do your job correctly. That includes spotting the double bounces, seeing if the ball's in or out, making judgment calls. I know the ball's going fast at times. It's very difficult. Tennis is played at lightning pace. It's not easy. And there's going to be plenty of mistakes. That's a totally fine for me. You're never going to be 100% correct. However... As an umpire, you still need to do your best job to try and get reach the correct decision. In this situation of where Eager puts her ha- arms up, you can't miss it. I mean, it's you've obvious. got it's, it's 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 not like it's not subtle. You can't miss it. So that's why I'm calling out the umpires. It's poor, poor officiating from them. I don't think it should be up to the opponent to point out hindrance. I disagree with you there. And ultimately, the umpires. You just can't miss something like that. They need to do better. Well, let's have a look quickly. This is the uh, USTA rules and regulations where they're talking about hindrance. This is just some other bits that I was just grabbing online before we uh, came on the podcast. And just to hear their take on it. 
So hindrance issues, we've got here claiming a hindrance. Say a player who claims a hindrance must stop play as soon as possible. And this is where I'm alluding to, if you're trying to claim a hindrance from your opponent, you have to stop the play as well. So if Bekic was about to hit the ball, she could she would have to stop hitting to say that's hindrance. So you stop the play. It's almost like calling calling it out, like, oh, I thought it went out. I'm not going to play the next point, that type of thing. So you're in that sort of situation with some of these. And uh, we've got some other or saying talking when the ball is in play. Singles players shouldn't talk. Uh, talking between doubles. We've been through these ones already. Body movement here. Um, I like this body movement one. So it clarifies in, in I'll just let me just summarize it. Sure. If you on. are serving, you're allowed to move. The moment the the, play, the opponent throws up the ball, the serving motion started. So your opponent, you're allowed to move around the court. I've told you this when we was playing a few times because I often like to move when the opponent throws the ball up. The only thing you can't do, of course, stomp your feet or make any kind of noise. Yeah. Um, so she's there's certain things she does which is totally legal. And I think she's being unfair, unfairly called out for on social media. Um, but there's other things where she's crossing the line. And I don't know. One of the ones I don't like the most is the shoelace. I can't seem to get it out of my head. and No one's really talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it's. One I don't of those... like anything which is delaying tactics, and all she does. I don't like anyone who just tries to slow down a match to suit their pace. Some some would say I'm very hypocritical <laughs> being a Rafa fan, but no, I don't think he does. He doesn't do that. He doesn't always do that, Ben. Well, I've, it's been one of the things uh, that the whole shot clock was probably brought in because of Rafa, or and probably a few other people, but namely complaints against Rafa on the Dow, but this is no, when people no, do even this... I'll have to call it out. Rafa does do it at times and it's not right as well, personally. But for then sure. that is I mean... that's up to the umpire. I feel um it's up to the umpire for all of this, to be honest. That's why I don't feel like they're doing a, a, a good enough job to regulate tennis in a match. What do you make of grunting? It says here, a player should avoid grunting and making other loud noises. Grunting and other loud noises may bother not only opponents, but also players on adjacent courts. In, in an extreme case, an, op an opponent or a player on an adjacent court may seek the assistance of an official. Grunting and the making of loud noises that affect the outcome of point are hindrances. Only an official uh, may rule that these actions are hindrances and order that a let be played or a loss of a point, depending on whether an official has previously warned the offending player. What do you well, make there's of been, that? Well, there's been many situations of this. Look at Wimbledon with Sonego and Nadal. Mm. Do you remember Nadal saying how Sonego changed his grunt? Um, mm. That was another case. I feel that I don't know if Rafa was in the right on that day. No. I feel that there was, there was one, I can't remember which was the player, but it was... I've seen a lot of issues with the opponents complaining about the the grunting and saying that it's deliberate. They're exaggerating it to try and off put to put them off, and I'm sure that does happen. And that needs to be called out. But it's another fine line. It's a grey area. It's difficult to establish. The thing is, if you are a player who is a higher ranked one, you would have been watched many times. And all of a sudden, if you start making a completely different noise, and it's just very, it becomes very obvious. For example, if the Dow changed his tune, everyone would know, wouldn't they? Yeah. What do you or reckon, anyone really in the top 50? What do you make of when you've got one player playing down one end 
who every time they hit the ball, they're going like, and then the other player is completely silent. And then suddenly the player that's silent suddenly makes like one of those loud groans out of the blue. Do you think, is that now hindrance? Because I've seen it happen where, no. no, I've seen it being called for hindrance before. That's the thing because they were obviously doing it just to because nah, the other this, the listen other. i don't want it to be too much like ultimately the better tennis player will win it's all about the tennis what comes out of it i don't think eager's incident really dictated the the, the route of the match and that's why no. as much as we're calling it out we don't it like to bagel. see it from her <laughs> but still like it didn't have a big influence on the match and it rarely does no. Uh, there will be there is occasions I'm sure where it can maybe it can alter certain situations because tennis is such fine margins. All it takes is for a break on one game and it's a whole different match completely. Definitely. Um, I don't want to see Iga doing it anymore. She doesn't need to do it. She's simply a, an amazing tennis player with all of the skills and attributes. Where she's going to win so many more titles, there's no reason for her to do it. I think the umpires need to just buckle up, read the rule book, uh, maybe listen to Game to Love and improve um but ultimately let's lay off eager a little bit i know people are going a little bit too much yeah i feel that it's been it's been a, a long time coming just to wait to see this next person who's going to take on the women's game and now we've got it let's not crush her while she's at the top She's still young as well. You got to remember that she's everyone's treating her as if she's like been on the tour for forever. She's not. She's still in her infancy of her career and it's just because she's doing incredible things and she's always in every tournament deep. She's in every final. She's winning all these tournaments. If she wasn't winning that many tournaments, guess what? No one's probably even talking about this. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, it is true. I feel people do like to attack someone when they're at the top more than anything. Um, so in a way, it's a what's the word? How do you what's the saying? Victim credit of your own success, yeah. You, she's a victim of her own success, Does most definitely. Out? She is sadly, but well, uh, I don't know how much more you have to say about this matter. Do you have anything else to you wanted to cover? No, that was everything. Just let me know in the live chat, guys, or in the comment section if you're not watching this one live. What do you make of everything happening with Ega? I feel we've spoke about pretty much all of the incidents, what's happened recently. We've said our views on it all. Um, and we're going to be bringing you, hopefully, a few more podcasts this week. The next one I really want to talk about is, of course, the race uh, on the WTA and the ATP. Yeah. Who's going to qualify? The women's one is really exciting at the moment. Uh, I think we've got five spaces and it's down to 15 people who could qualify. Um, but we're going to go into all of these different scenarios. Two players. It was 17 players in contention. Now it's down to 15 in contention. So fascinating. Let's see who's going to get through. Of course, whoever can. I think all of them are playing in Guadalajara, all 15. So if one of oh, them wow. can win, they basically <laughs> just, qualify. I've just seen one of the results. I didn't even see it earlier today. Krajcikova out first round. Yeah. That's not really helped her at all. Um, <laughs> that was a good uh, pick for the final. We said the who's who said the altitude. She doesn't like it. Altitude. They were right. Definitely doesn't. Out to Kalinskaya in straight sets. So 
Yeah. yeah. In terms of matches as well, we're going to try and cover some matches when we can. I don't know what the schedule is. I know David's going to be back tomorrow covering a match. I believe Jack Draper. He's a big fan of Draper and he's been looking really Amazing. good. Uh, smashing Brooksby. I think it was like one and one or something very quick. One and Maybe two. One and yeah. two. Um, but anyway, let's wrap that one up there. Thanks for watching, everyone. If you haven't already, please hit the like button on the video. Subscribe if you're new. And hopefully <laughs> we see less of this from Iga. And the only time she does that, is, that. When she, is when she's raising <laughs> the trophy. <laughs> That's it, mate. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Make sure to join us for more tennis action coming up the rest of this week. See you guys then. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.